Welcome to Mindfulness. This is a podcast series where every week we gather to reflect and learn about the relationship we have with ourselves and with the people around us. Each week, new conversations, new insights, new learnings, and new hopes. Welcome to week three. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. And this week, this is the opening of our new week, and we just finished our meditation gathering again. And we just make it our habit of um, after every get meditation gathering like this, then Lai and I will be sitting together and we record a conversation for you. And as this week is opening itself, and we're sitting here under the sunlight of a very new day, um, both in Kuala Lumpur and in Ho Chi Minh City right now, uh, we are very excited. We are very excited to talk about our practice, and we are very excited to talk about how the practice that we have been doing is offering values back to our lives and to the people around us. Today, a very uh, interesting topic came up for us. Um, it's about building the capacity to be present, be present in the interaction we have with ourselves, as well as in the relationships we have with the people around us. But how does this topic come up for us, and and why do we suddenly decide to talk about this today? Maybe Lan can offer us some insight of maybe. Lan, how did we come up with this topic, and how did this theme resonate with us right now? Mm. So thank you, Nam, and a warm welcome to everyone who are listening. Today, I really wanna kind of just invite all of us and myself and Nam to dive into the topic of the capacity to be present. We are hearing so much in the social media or in, um, you know, different ways that people are promoting on how to have calmness, peace, being present, and there are so many approach towards things like meditation, short or long, um, and all the different kind of ways that we are talking about the quality. The importance of having presence in our life, and how that offers us a different kind of quality of being in the moment and living each moment. But then I also always question: so then, how do we be present? You know, we talk about it, we hear about it, people are saying about it, but then I know it's good to be present. I know it's good to be here now in the moment, contacting with what's here, and then being able to interact with it, with my wholeness, with my clarity, with peace and calmness, and to come in with my true integrity. But then, mm. how do we do that? Yeah. So that's something I want to kind of open up and just to discuss and learn from each other. Hmm. Thank you, Lan, for a very interesting start 
for how our conversation will unfold. Um, what is landing for me right now is something that uh, I have noticed, which is when it comes to um, talking about being present, being in the moment, being in the here and now, with meditation that brings us a lot of calmness and happiness even. There's a lot of talk about how that quality is about us, is about bringing us something of value. And I feel like, um, is it a little bit self-centered in that sense when we talk about present? Um, so maybe that's the mindset that I'm trying to disclose here. And I want to flip it a little bit in a way that when we think about using present, uh, when we think about being in the here and now, because it really helps us to connect with the people around us and imagine what the quality of our relationship is going to be like if only one, it would be ideal for both of the people, but if, if only there's all, there's that one person that's really present in a group or in a pair, how that would make such a difference in the quality of the conversation that happens and also in the quality of the interaction that happens. And what could it be doing or offering such a positive impact on the other person and in turn helping the other person also realizing that they can tap into the same resource inside themselves and really maybe in the long run realize that they can offer the same thing to more and more of the people around them. So this is something that really is ringing in me right now. So how how does it land on you, Lan? I, as you're sharing, I kind of have this journey unfolding and how it worked for me and also reflecting on how, you know, I interacted with others and how others interacted with me. I think I started this journey because there were a, an appreciation for being able to just be present and, you know, being able to be in touch with what's happening, no matter what's the conflict or struggle that I may be facing. But I think what kept me in the journey is really what you said when I started to interact with situation or with people in group or just intimate people such as family members or partner and how that capacity to be present, to listen, to be there despite the chaos that the mind is creating, the different stories and interpretations, but then just being able to be there and allow the situation to unfold totally, and be in touch with the other, it created in so many ways, in so many different relationships, it created that space that held the situation and the conflict that allow so much clarity and peace to go through, that in the end, you know, a different kind of results takes place. And then realizing through that experience, different experience that that capacity to be present is so important in life whether it's interacting with 
a work or a deadline or a stress situation or a conflict in a relationship, whatever it is. Mm, um, you just mentioned a very interesting point there, which is when we bring our presence into an interaction or a conversation, it changes the outcomes. So, do you have any like example or a piece of story in mind about how you intentionally and consciously bring presence into, and that changes the pardon of your relationships with a person? Hmm. Well, when you ask that, even before you ask that, I had really a lot of example because I, I think what is the byproduct of practicing presence is that it eventually becomes natural and it comes when you most needed it. So I can remember a situation where... Um, you know, I was having a, a hard time to communicate to my partner. And in that moment, my mind created a lot of interpretation and expectation and dissatisfaction because we're in a conflict. So the expectation is not met. And so then there is judgment. And so the mind just spiral into a really sad place that made me felt really angry, but at the same time, disappointed and upset. And I was no longer thinking about what's really happening in this conflict or what the other person is feeling, where he's coming from, or what is it that I need to be heard here. I was just hearing a spiral of mind and mental interpretations that's projecting beyond the situation. So being able to be present in that moment and just allow myself to speak, but at the same time, being in touch with the different sensations within my body and how I'm contracted with anger and disappointment and it tends my body. My breath was short and I was just up on my head and just remember to relax, allow, and be in that moment. And looking at the other partner, there was that capacity to interact despite the closeness of the body and the mind in that moment. And that capacity allowed the other to also be spiraling in the same kind of trigger but different story but the same kind of reaction and my quality of being able to see the other despite the closeness and the other seeing me being open allow that person to be more open and when we are able to hold that more and more it allow the situation to open again and conflict is something that's really important. It's something that allows us to grow, to understand, to meet where we need to talk about. And so we were able to communicate about really important things about ourselves or how we see each other that allow us to understand each other better, support each other better, and to be with each other in ways that now we are 
able to connect so much deeper. So that's mm. an example. Mm. There's a lot of precious learning there. And I just want to name a few that I can catch here, which is first, I really resonate with what you said there is conflict is an opportunity for like mutual growth, for meeting each other in the middle and avoiding the things that are important in your relationship to each other person in your relationship. And what I'm finding there is that it requires a lot of commitment to go through conflict, right? Because in a conflicting situation, it is very challenging, both emotionally and physically, to really withstand that experience. And that speaks directly to whether or not a person has the capacity to hold that conflict in the relationship with the other person and also at the same time holding that conflict within the body. And you talk about how the body gets contracted. And what I'm seeing there is working with conflict doesn't only include working with the person that you are engaged with, but at the same time, working in the body that is really like holding its fear is contracted and knowing how at that moment, relax it enough so that we can continue to be more open. And so in talking about the capacity to be present there, uh, Lan also, I realized that you talk and you demonstrate the very beautiful way of, of really tapping into that present, which means that when we tap into our capacity to be present, we are really, you know, we, we are temporarily detaching ourselves from just looking at what the emotion is doing to us. So as you mentioned there, the anger is present and all you think is just blaming and why is this happening and it's spiraling and spiraling down the thought process. But what if in that moment, we could take some time to really notice what is going so going on in the body. Like when the body is contracted, it's heating up, the shoulder is tense, the facial expression is tight, our teeth are greeting. That is in itself a different way of noticing. And just by doing that, we are able to take a few steps back and look at this, the situation. And by doing that, we also are, you know, letting our body noticing itself. And when the body is able to notice itself, it's also notice a need to, what is a way to get me out of this situation? Because it's so discomforting. And when it's discomforting, then the body will try to find a way to release it. And if we notice this, then one of the way when the body is trying to release it's to release that anger in terms of maybe blaming verbally on the other person or in an extreme way, destroying things around, causing harm and pain to surroundings, including people. And so when the body recognizes its pardon in that sense, then the next question we can ask when we are building this capacity to be present is, but how can we relax ourselves through this process? Of course, I don't mean that we forget or we get an immediate pleasure to dismiss this discomfort. But what I'm meaning here is, how can we go through this process of discomfort 
physical discomfort in a more comfortable way so that we have the capacity to still be present and hold more sensations in the process. I feel like I'm, I'm making a little bit abstract here. So Lan, is there anything that is bubbling up or is there a good example you can offer here to our audience so we all can understand this process a little bit better? Well, what you shared allowed me to understand the word capacity even more significantly because what I'm seeing through my experience with myself or working, interacting with others, working with others is when we are triggered with an emotion and whether that's a conflict and sometimes that's also pleasure. For example, when we wanna, we're craving for certain kind of food to cope certain kind of stress so that feels good, we wanna go and get it. So when we are being triggered with emotion, the body responds really fast. And when the body responds, and then the mind starts to create different kind of stories based on our past experiences, and without the capacity to be present, to acknowledge what's going on within the body or within um, the, the internal system, we will very fast just react. And when we react, let's say in a conflict, that's totally based on our past interpretation and our body protective kind of reactions. And that would lead to uh, the action that, that is not really what's happening in the present, but more of our own reactive reactivity within ourselves. And I remember some of the times when I'm in a conflicting conversation and I know this kind of practice. Okay, so just come back to the body and just relax. But then at that moment when I'm back with my body and I'm relaxed, I saw how my heart was beating so fast and my back was heated up with a lot of heat and energy. And I feel like my head was just on fire, like some of the kind of situation. And being in touch with those moments without being able to hold space for them triggered me further. It made me even more boiled up. And in interactions, it's really fast. So in a way, I just didn't have the capacity, even though I knew what, you know, I should relax, I should breathe, I should... Um, be calm, I should listen more deeply, but I didn't have the capacity to do it because the body and the mind react really fast. Mm. Mm. Uh, we mentioned a very important thing here, which is um, I've, I'm finding that people do understand that um, there are things that we learn in communication that we have to be calm in conflict situation, right? And then we learn to really empathize and look at from other people's perspective. What I really want our audience to understand is that if you only read or understand about it on, on an intellectual level, it's never going to work. That's what I really want to emphasize here. And that is also something, Lan, very importantly, that you just mentioned. It's never going to work if we just understand it intellectually 
unless we bring it down to the experiential level of letting the body understand what does it feel like when we open ourselves to really listen to other people or essentially how does it feel like when you can withstand or hold space for the conflict and the discomfort that is happening even within the body so the image that i'm associating with right now is like a balloon and imagining that we just have a very small balloon and imagine every time emotion extreme emotion arise the it will blow into the balloon and if the balloon is just small it can only withstand so much until it bust so training our capacity to be present is also training making our inner balloon more resilient and bigger in capacity so that it can withstand extreme emotion and it can still withstand its capacity to be resilient to be firm and to hold these emotions inside without busting without you know letting it out violently and causing damage that we don't want later and so Lan, when you mentioned that the body also has these different ways of reacting for example when you we you are in anger then you can feel your heart also beating very fast or that your back is heating up or there's some heat that is going up from the head that i think is very beautifully described in a sense that when we are able to hold space for that process when we are able to be comfortable enough to let that process happen then we can fully recognize the message there we have talked uh, a lot about how the body respond how we react how conflict is important and we talk about how important it is to have the capacity to hold space for all this and so developing that capacity is something that is not learned in a day or learned in a book or learned in a theory so the capacity to be present to hold space for different emotions that unfold is a practice it is something that we need to have time to just allow ourselves to be in the doing of that that we want to practice and to experiment feel each moment that we are out of touch each moment that we're in touch how it happened for us and to know the different experiences and the i think the beauty of practice is once you are in touch with what truly works for you what is truly peaceful and how you got there like your body just remembers it's just know its way and so the next time when you are communicating a conflicting situation and you are in a mix of a messy emotions you are able to your body just remembers how you once experienced a resource of peace of presence 
And it can just come back to that place while you are in that conflict. And the key word that I'm seeing that comes up for me is time. We gotta allow ourselves to give ourselves time to practice, to experience. And even if you have a practice and experience within the conversation when it is conflicting, it takes time. It takes time for our emotion to come up, to be, to communicate, to just be in its own rhythm. And it also takes time for the other person we're communicating to, to hold space for that emotion. It is not just knowing, okay, all these things and then just applying. But time is so important. Patience. I think another word for calmness and peace could be just patience. Just allowing and having the capacity to allow and to be there helps so much for what needs to unfold so that we are able to touch into that deeper feeling and meaning that is meant to bind us, to bring us together, that is calling for our attention to love and care. And we can communicate in that level. I'm reflecting on so many different um, ways that we can build capacity. But what you mentioned there um, brings me to a point that Every one of us has our own unique and very intuitive way of developing our own capacity. And this whole process is about you know, getting to know the language of the physical and the biophysical. So in this conversation, uh, we have been talking a lot about the body, the body sensations, how the body is reacting and I'm finding that it's the doorway in helping us to build capacity. And so when you talk about you know, being calm, I realize that you know, calmness and peace within ourselves is trained patience. So we learn to be patient with ourselves. We learn to be patient with other people, not because we are holding it, inside ourselves because we know that the timing is not there yet to express it and at the same time the timing is here for us to understand fully the message of what needs to be communicated about ourselves and about the relationship that we are engaged with and so i think the message here and the conclusion that we are arriving at this point is that calmness and peace is a physical experience and is also a trained experience. We don't train ourselves to bypass conflict. We train ourselves so that we can use peace and calmness as a doorway to look at different things in our life. And so what I'm seeing here is even in a conflicted situation, the body, under a lot of practice, knows that, oh, okay, this is anger. I am about to contract. I am about to get tight. But at the same time, 
I also know that I can still relax my body here. I can still sit upright in dignity. I can still relax the belly. I can still breathe deeply. So this is trained patience, and this is trained peacefulness. This is trained calmness, and we don't use it to just run away from the situation. We use it so that we can stand in the spotlight, in the rage, in the middle of the thunderstorm, so that we can look into it, and we can be in this together with the person that we are in conflict with. And I could see that in my relationship. With the people around, this trained calmness helps a lot because when we are calm and we are willing to engage in a conflict situation, the person in front of us also notice that. And what I'm seeing here is that they don't notice it on a conscious level, but the body, their old body, recognize that there's a certain way of calmness and patience from the person, the other person, and so. As relational being, we mirror and we copy, and we, you know, just receive other people's information, like wavelength, a vibe. However, we say that, but the body knows instantly if the other person is patient. Then I want to be patient too, and I think that's the beauty of the capacity to be present. And we, of course, need a lot of practice for that. And I'm finding that maybe how do we practice this capacity? How do we enhance our capacity to be present? Is worth another conversation. Is worth another 30 minutes of us talking and diving deeply into. So how do you think about that? And what is bubbling up right now for you, Lan, as we are drawing closer to the end of our episode today? What's drawing out of me very fully is a sense of appreciation with what you shared. If I was to listen to this maybe three, four years, or maybe even two years ago, I wouldn't really know how powerful what you just shared would is it's gonna help my life because yeah, you you sound like you you shared something really valuable, but. How would that work for my life? But as a person who has, you know, tried different modalities and you know learned so many things around presence, at the end of the day, what I come down to is the capacity within, through the body, through the reactivity that the body has to handle, and then being able to not bypass it, but Tap into it so deeply, but still being able to to know where to land in the moment, allowing all this to take place, it is something that needs to be experienced. So, I wouldn't want to add on more. Like, how, besides, you know, we can talk about it. But I think what's What's coming up for me is this invitation that if any of our listeners want to experience that, because it's not far. It's not when we talk of practice, we feel like it's it takes years. It's far, but with the right technique, with the right understanding, with the right environment, you can tap into it in the moment and just feel it for yourself. 
So there is this invitation that you can get in touch with Nam and I, and we will figure out a time where we we experience that journey with you, and you can get in touch with it in the moment. And that's a way for you to really know the power of our body and how it can hold, and it's going through so much, but how we can learn and practice this patience, this calmness, and allowing, supporting ourselves to have that capacity to journey through life's different conflicting and challenging situations. So I would just want to place it out there in that way with our heart and our care for our listeners to just really invite an experience for you. That's an easiest way for you to really tap into your power and your peace mm. and presence. Mm. Thank you, Lan, for offering that precious invitation to uh, whoever is listening to this episode. Please do feel um, free to send us an email or a message, and we are very willing to sit with you and to see how this experience is landing for you and how we can support you in practicing this with us as your companions. And as Lan mentioned about her story of like. Practicing and tapping into this very powerful resource in the body. Um, Blan, I really uh, want to invite us maybe in the next conversation. Let's talk more about this. Let's talk more about our personal journey of how we practice intentionally and consciously to enhance our capacity in life. Maybe I feel that it can give more hints and also maybe encouragement to a lot of our audience here. And so, with that, this is the end of our very brief conversation today. I hope that it, it gives you something interesting to reflect upon, and to start practice by yourself as well. And just remember what Lan said: we are all in this together, and this whole journey is a journey of togetherness. So, with that, please have a good week ahead. Yes, have a good week ahead, and have a nice day. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.